0: people come up to you because they're still young i mean they they saw i mean the guy singing inside out is like a 17 year old kid so max is only he's still a very young guy but i mean you have people coming up like hey i used to love your band growing up and they mean it in the nicest way but oh, you're man. like so you hate us now or what you're saying i'm like 90 or it's that, that's i didn't i didn't think
1: about that because i'm sure i've probably said that at some point in full oh, well sure, meaning. i still do yeah yeah, I mean, no,
0: I do love you. I meant just when that album came out, I really loved yeah, you. Yeah, you should start off, in addition to now, <laughs> underline, I loved you growing up.
1: Well, hello there, everybody. It's Mike Schulte. This is the Iowa Music Podcast episode Number 54, very special one. I got to chat with Ben Hilzinger. He is currently the drummer for Eve Six, among many other great bands like MXPX and some other awesome bands from back in the day. Um, We got to chat about what that's like, how he got in the band, how it's been going, um, and and a lot of it uh, pretty much... The way that I met this guy was uh, from his podcast. He hosts a, a podcast called The Big Fat Five. The podcast is, is great because it's 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 him interviewing drummers on on not so much of a technical level, but uh, you know more of a passion level, like talking about. Uh, things that inspire them um, and and what their processes are like and and whether you're a drummer or not if you're just a musician I mean there are some awesome awesome people um, from probably some of your favorite bands that you'll want to listen to so uh, I'm really excited for you guys to check out this episode it was a lot of fun and make sure you get out check out the Eve Six. We got to get them into Iowa here sometime soon. And uh, go subscribe to that Big Fat Five podcast. I'm not going to be doing terribly too much of these anymore, except when sporadic moments like this happen. So, uh, you know, in the meantime, go listen to those. So shall we get started? Let's go. Cool. Well, let's get started. I, I First of all, uh, we're like I said in the intro, we're talking to Ben Hilzinger. I wanted to thank you for joining me, man. I, I first heard about you When you were a guest on The Working Drummer, which if anybody listens to that podcast or wants to check it out, it was episode 309. But on that, I found out that you have your own podcast called Big Fat Five. And, you know, we're going to talk about that a lot later. But I wanted to mention uh, just how nice it's been able to uh, use the power of the Internet and reach out to you over Instagram. You've been super gracious to answering any questions I have, pointing me in the right direction, and ultimately agreeing to be a guest on the
0: podcast. So thanks first of all, for being a cool person and hanging out with me today. Oh, well, thanks for asking me, man. I'm always astonished when people want to <laughs> figure out what I have to say. So this is, this is great. It, it's like a double astonishment, right? You're like, oh, this guy wants to talk to me. And I'm like, that guy wants
1: to let me talk to him. <laughs> it's just yeah, this yeah. double
0: thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's some, uh, you know, we're going to uh, move forward in time with some like, you know, equilibrium thing going on here. <laughs> right. So so in doing all of these
1: interviews with mainly musicians, and I'm sure you've noticed this as well, the there's so many similarities between the origin story of music, right? They're, they're, we all kind of have the same story of how we got into music and how we fell into it, but we're all so different in it at the same time. So I love starting off with that question, just so we can get to know you a little bit better. So you know, tell us about your musical journey and how you got into loving music and pushing a, a career into it.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I grew up. My dad's a drummer. Um, it wasn't a super musical household, but my dad always had a drum set set up that basically became mine. You know, he just stopped playing. He's like, "Yeah, you can set it up how you want. Do your thing." And I still. I mean, I think back to how many hours I played. You know, in the middle of the house. It wasn't like a garage. Like it was in my like a spare room in our house. So I just my parents are so awesome for letting me play. But um, yeah, I grew up a band geek, jazz band, you know, basically anytime I could get behind a drum set or just a drum, snare drum for marching band. And I grew up in a small town in uh, Washington State called Shawila. And yeah, just living in a small town, I was able to uh, have more exposure to playing in front of people as opposed to Some other friends who lived in big cities and were 10 times the drummer that I am, but they just never got any playing time, so they kind of quit. So I was lucky that I grew up in a town of like a 1,000 people, so I got to play quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, played all through high school, uh, was in a few touring bands right out of high school, kind of got burnt out in my mid-20s, so I actually went to school for winemaking. Did you
1: quit? Did you go through that phase where you said, well, I'm an adult now, so music is not a thing anymore, and I don't do that?
0: Yeah, I think. Well, I was kind of being naughty a little bit. I was kind of burning the candles at both ends, and wasn't you know treating my my body and myself the way I wasn't treating it as a business. It was just purely for fun. You know what I mean? I'll leave it at that. There you go. And so, I mean, no no hard drugs, but I was just you know just partying a little bit too much. It's it's your twenties, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I was twenty something and just uh, could do that. So uh, yeah, just kind of walked away from it and was just like I associated it with just. You know, not being healthy mentally and physically, and so I went to school for wine, which is kind of kind of counterintuitive, <laughs> I guess, but uh, it was it was more so the winemaking, not so much the drinking of it. But um, yeah, so I just did that for three years, and then when I was going to school for wine, I got a call from a good buddy uh, and a guy that I looked up to growing up called Mike Herrera from a, from a band called MXPX, and he was looking for a, a guy to maybe do a solo record with, and he was doing some other things musically and so started playing with him for a few years and then basically i mean it was uh, i was like the second quarter in 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 wine school and we were working on a song and it was like probably like an hour from uh, from mike's studio to school and i just basically cut class one day and then cut class the next day and it was like just before i could either stop going to school for that quarter and not have to pay the full rate or have to pay the full rate and not go you know so i was like you know what music still i was 27 at the time and i said music still you know a little a little bit in me i'm not i I don't want to be a winemaker just yet so yeah i i quit school and started playing with mike again played with a bunch of bands in seattle by the way which is where this story has taken me and then in 2016 moved down to la with a band that i was playing with in seattle that had i don't want to say outgrown seattle but we we're just doing really well up in Seattle. And we're like, let's just take the, take the next step, go to L.A. And then, um yeah, and that band was called Ever So Android. They're now called Boy Deluxe. They actually just put out a new single, by the way. But anyways, um played with them for about a year. And yeah, being in L.A., I enjoyed being that chameleon of a drummer, playing with a bunch of people. And so I was getting more and more calls saying yes and yes to a lot of gigs. And so it was to the point where I realized... I wanted to be so I turned thirty um, a while ago, <laughs> but at the time I turned thirty, and it was just one of those realizations where I just want to play in a bunch of bands and do that thing. And so we had this beautiful little breakup walk around Echo Park Lake with with the uh, Boy Deluxe crew, and it was this great thing. It was like we hugged and cried, and it was you know <laughs> I love you, no I love you. But yeah, so I I ended up. Um quitting that band and just doing the, the chameleon thing for a while, which I enjoyed, and then we'll get into it later, but a, a whole nother story on how I, you know, became the drummer for a band called Fitness and then eventually Eve Six. So
1: isn't that weird that nobody really nobody really understands that uh marriage of musicians where, where you are essentially in a relationship with those musicians, other other than people that have done it, and that it's so hard to get into them and it's so hard to get out of them because it's essentially just this relationship with multiple people that that has to be treated as
0: such. Well, yeah. And it's like when you're in a physical romantic relationship, it's like, you've seen me naked. Like you've seen (laughs) me at my most vulnerable. But when music, it's the same way. It's like, you've seen me say a stupid idea thinking it's so cool and I'm so pumped at it. So once you have this relationship with those people that you feel really comfortable with, it is sometimes even more intimate than a romantic relationship because it's like... This, the creativity is some something that I sometimes hold as like a a scarier part to show people than than just affection you that's, know what I mean that's a which great... is probably a whole th- another thing I need to tell my therapist <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but gr- you know it's a
1: really great way to put it it's essentially you've been in weird vulnerable posi-
0: vulnerable positions with the guys yeah. in your band and that's you got to come to terms with that yeah um and so yeah they the, the reason why is they just deserve the drummer who because they are it's actually a duo it's a guy and a girl, female singer kind of similar to the kills where it's like he plays the backing tracks and beats and guitar and then she just murders it on vocals and um they just needed a drummer that was you know obsessed with that band as much as they were so it just wasn't me at the time um and yeah so that's that's where it became and now I'm in and now I'm in a band again so it's funny but I still I still play with a million other people so
1: so, so yeah. at this point at this point are you trying to uh, do you know that this is what you want to do and you want to make a career out of being a drummer and being a musician I mean is that the goal at this point in your life
0: oh 100 percent I yeah. I tried and that's that's why the wine thing was a good mid-20s uh, sabbatical to show me that oh I mean looking back on it there was a good like nine months when I didn't play drums and I can't I mean I'm in I'm actually in, um, I'm traveling to visit my, my girlfriend right now and she's working. And so I'm actually in Oklahoma city and I'm not going to be able to play my drums for like four days. And I'm like, my heart's already racing a little bit. Like, what am I going to do? I'm I'm going to have my practice pad here. (laughs) What the hell is that? You know what I mean?
1: Dude, I I went through the same thing. I mean, it's weird to think I I did about a year where I just packed my drums up and said, well, that's, that's that. I'll give it to my son someday, you know, and and never, and, and it's so weird. I'll go two to three days now without playing. And, and just like you said, that what, what is
0: going on? I can't believe I made it this long without playing. I know. And it's so, and it's not to make it like sound depressing, but the drums are, are, it's like a love hate thing or not a love hate, a love utterly despised thing. What's a word stronger than hate? Um, Because, you know, you look at this thing and you're like, cause I've made the decision that's going to be my career. And so every, like every time I sit behind it, there's all these things I need to work on and stuff. And so, Uh, you know, all these things I'm not good at, whatever. So it's like, while I love it, it's also this thing that it's good sometimes to walk away from it. Cause you know, if I have a bad day with anything else, I'm like, I'll shrug it off. But if I have a bad day on the drum set, it's like the rest of the day, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Don't talk to me. I just kind of want to give me some chamomile. Day's over, you know?
1: (laughs) You know, I heard a few stories about bands that their, their last gig before everything shut down was like a bad gig. You know, there's the good and the bad ones. I was lucky enough to end on a very good note, but I heard stories of where people ended on a very bad note and then had to wait seven, eight months to play a show again. That is not a place you want to be in, just reliving that bad gig over and over and over, right? Oh,
0: yeah, our our last gig with Eve 6 was kind of a good and bad, or I, I, I guess <laughs> to, to distinguish it again, good and very bad. It was It was good because it was in Orlando, and we played with Sugar Ray, and uh, I mean after the show, I was like drinking whiskey with Mark McGrath and stuff, who by the way is such a cool dude. He seems like um, it. Yeah, and then Dean Butterworth, who's the drummer for Sugar Ray and Good Charlotte, he's awesome too. And so it was fun to hang out with those guys. But then on the flight back home, so that was January 25th of 2020. Um and I know that the world didn't shut down until like a month after that, but it was that was just our last Eve Six show. And so it was good with that. But then I remember like on our flight back, Max turns around and he's like dude Kobe Bryant just died. And so that was like ingrained in my memory as the last show that he died on like the 25th of January of. But yeah, it was just yeah, it's a crazy like milestone to be like that was our last show and that's how long ago it's that's been. That's how long ago it's been.
1: So let's Jeez. let's dive into Eve 6. How did that how did that come about? How do you how do you become the drummer for a band like
0: Eve 6 that everybody knows? I just emailed them and they said, yeah, no, that's Um, it. I can do that too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Um, no. So I, when I moved down to LA, I was not a full-time drummer at the time. And so I had to wait tables and there was this place in, in in Hollywood called La Pubelle. It's like a really it's a French restaurant, but it's kind of a place for kind of, uh, comedians and musicians to be seen. You know, I, I would wait on minimum 20 to 30 people i've seen on tv or in you know bands every night really cool spot and uh, i was waiting on i was waiting there and um a gentleman uh, came in repeatedly and was like hey i've i've played with band a and band b and c and i have heard that you're a drummer can you come jam with me and so I kept kind of blowing him off and I'm not saying his name because <laughs> for the reason why he was always kind of three sheets of the wind. I don't want to discredit him. He's a great guy, but he was just always kind of, you know, three sheets of the wind and having some pints with his friends. No shame in that. Um, but it was just kind of one of those, like, I don't know if I want to jam with this guy. He's always kind of a little, you know, a little out there when he comes in. And so finally I did. And he was such an amazing singer and, and such an amazing songwriter. And so uh, I did a, like a session with him for a demo that he was doing. And it happened to be Kenny Carkeet, who was a founding member of AWOL Nation and, um, inevitably was also in fitness was there and he was kind of producing the session. And so I just was there with, with, with the guy and, and Kenny producing and Kenny liked the way I play drums. You know, we did a bunch of takes and Kenny would be like, Hey, can you try this, try this, try this. And for some reason, me and Kenny's just chemistry with what he wanted and what I would could produce and vice versa. It was just, it it was working. And so after the session, Kenny was like, Hey man, if I ever need any, any, any drummers, you know, like let's, let's, let's keep in contact. And I was like, dude, of course you're, I love everything you do. And I was honored. And then like a month and a half goes by, nothing happens, you know, Of course. and then Kenny and Max Collins, who is the lead singer from, from Eve six, they have a band called fitness and they were doing a show in Vegas the current drummer they were working with was kind of not working out for whatever reason. And so they just was like, Hey dude, um, you know, we're doing the show in Vegas. It's kind of a one-off thing. We don't know what's going on after that, but do you want to to play the show with us? So I did. And it was really fun. I remember it was, uh, I, forgot, I, I forget the name of, uh, the actual show. It was like their big radio stations, like summer festival. And dude, it was like 109 during sound check no, it, no it, it was 120 during soundjack because it was it was like like three and then during the show it was like 109 and every sh- every band I think it was like uh, oh my gosh yeah uh do not edit this out. I want people to, I, I, I want to relish in this, the fact that I can't um, <laughs> <laughs> remember this. Coyne, um Sir Sly, Bishop Briggs, really? and a bunch okay. of other bands. Dreamers were all there. And all, all, uh, I think, I don't know if Dreamers does, but the other bands use a little bit of supplemental backing tracks and all their computers were shutting oh down because it was so hot. And Kenny randomly had a MacBook Air, which didn't have an internal hard drive. For whatever reason, his computer was not <laughs> shutting down. So yeah, so we, we we play the show and then they basically asked me to join the band and then fast forward a year and a half, Tony from Eve Six was doing his own thing, decided to leave Eve Six and this is like 2018 I want to say and yeah, it kind of, it, it, it made sense because me and Max are super close, John who's the other third member in Eve Six, the guitarist manages fitness and so he's already, Eve Six is already so intertwined in the fitness camp yeah. And they're like, well, if Max can't do an Eve 6 show, that also means, or f- because he's playing in fitness, that also means Ben can't <laughs> play. So it just makes sense logistically to have Ben join Eve 6, because there'll never be any overlapping. And so, yeah, it just made sense. And I've been playing with them for about three and a half, four years now.
1: Was there yeah. was there like an official audition process for that? Or did, I mean, did they, th- did they at least consider anybody else? Or was it pretty much like, dude, you're the guy, let's do this?
0: If they did, they didn't tell me, um, <laughs> you know, I think my audition process was the year I was playing with Max and fitness, right. you know, cause he got to know how I was in the studio and got to know how I was on tour, got to know how I was, you know, when I'm, you know, uh, hungry in the morning before I have my coffee <laughs> and muffin, you know, he knows all about me. He's like, I yeah, this, this guy I'll do, you Th- know? those are the things you can't figure out until you actually go do them. <laughs> you can't exactly. audition for them. Totally. But no, they announced me on like the they they made it official before we even had our first practice. You know, I was like, oh, I better not mess up. You know, promise now. So, uh, but no, I mean, they know the Eve Six songs are like in my wheelhouse. That's like whether I like it or not, that's like the my bread and butter of how I execute on the drums. And I think they knew that, so it was pretty. I hope it was pretty obvious for them. I'm putting words in their mouth, but they seem to be happy. I'm still here, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good sign, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you
1: you even mentioned I think it was on the working drummer um, episode that you did about how how it's unique to join a band that has already been formed and that has already written all these songs, and you essentially are like a cover artist, right? You're sort mm-hmm. of like a cover band playing in an original band because you're you're staying true to honoring these songs and, and here, here in our scene, you know, we deal with the originals versus covers, but I'd love to know kind of what your thought process was on, on joining that band and being a member of it. But at the same time, like you're, you're covering these songs
0: and and you want to honor them, correct? Well, I need to honor them because the parts are so damn good. I mean, Tony Faganson, which is the OG drummer, uh, whether I like it or not, I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't like it. I've, you know, not, no bad blood there. I mean, he's he's just, he wrote drum, great drum parts. And I'm honored to be like, I'm the one now, you know, keeping that song alive, you know? And there are some people that have never seen Eve Six live when they see us. And so I'm the representation of what they heard on that record. So... It's fun. Like I said, I mean, I grew up uh, a funny little side story, and maybe I told this on the Working Drummer podcast. If I did, sorry. (laughs) But we did this 20th anniversary tour of the first record back in 2018. And we play... I mean, the first record has Inside Out, has Open Road Song, has a, a lot of the staples in our set. But about six of the 12 songs, they've either never played live or haven't played live in 15 years. And so we had to rehearse those songs. And i hadn't played those songs probably ever in my head and then when we were when i had to learn those six songs to play them i was you know going through them and i was like oh there's this thing in this song that i do all the time in my playing like prior to eve 6 and i i mean i was i was a fan of eve 6 growing up and i was like did, did i is is this part of my instincts from this song that i don't remember and now i'm in that band that this song that's an instinct in my playing it was like this you know double circular vex of like, Oh my God. But it was one of those, like, you got to pinch yourself moments that I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that, um, I get to play the songs. I don't feel like it's a restriction of me. Right. I have to stay within the parts. It's like, I don't think those parts can be written any better than they, than they, than they could be, you know, cause Don, the producer for all the records, um, he just knows how to make the song sound the best. So. Well and so now it's
1: a bit of a different story cuz I think if I if I know this correctly you there is a new EP coming out that you guys have written and mm-hmm. recorded for e 6 So that it's called uh, Grim Value. Grim Value, yes. I, dude, well first of all I love that. I checked out the single it's Black Nova. The
0: drumming It's a fun is, one. The drumming's tight on that, man. I mean, you're just you're just hitting that, dude. Just going. Dude, well it's funny. I mean, I think I I don't do any fills in that song besides the Foreanda on the snare. It's just Yeah, I mean, if we were to record that song, I could do kick, snare, hi-hat, and that's all I would need. Um, But it drives,
1: I think it was necessary for that song, because it just pushes the song it goes.
0: I agree, I mean, a lot of this new EP is a throwback to Ramones, Buzzcocks, kind of, you know, just garagey style stuff, um, if I had to, you know, describe it. But uh, a lot of that stuff, you don't need a lot of fills, you know, just hold it down. And I know Max and, and Sweet Pea are the first people to say play less. You know, um, looking back, I'm sure they probably th- wish Tony would play less than those original records. As a drummer, I'm like, hey, they're great, but you know, there's a lot of more lot more flourishes in those older songs that probably they would prefer weren't there
1: do you Do you <laughs> no. keep any of that mentality from the from the stuff that you've been playing that's already been recorded to try to translate that to the new stuff, or do you just you go, this is a new thing. like this is these are new songs. this is a
0: new era. I am a new drummer. let's let's just do what feels right. It's um I do have to know my place, you know, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I am not an original member, and knowing that those two dudes have been in the trenches on what works and what doesn't, um, and they've worked with so many great producers outside of Eve six as well. Cause John's done a lot of stuff as a manager. And as a, you know, when Eve six got back together, um, he was still doing other stuff. So he didn't rejoin Eve six right away. And so they all have such good instincts and it's, it's, it's in, in a lot of ways, it's like a mentorship. Um, and don't tell them I said that, <laughs> but you know, just, I, I really do trust when they say, Hey man, I think we should hold it down for this. Or Hey, maybe not don't do that. fill halfway through the verse or, Going back into that verse after the second chorus, let's just not do a crash cymbal. Like, I'm, I'm, I have no pride when it comes to my drums. And, like, no, this has to be there because, uh, I mean, some of my favorite songs have almost nothing going on. Some of my, some of my favorite songs have no drums. Yeah. You know, so I, while I do have my voice for sure, um, I, a lot of what we've written is dictated by, the song they want to they want to put out and um I, I really trust a lot of their influences on that. So I don't really try and bring a lot of my own cuz this isn't the Ben Hilsinger show. Even as opposed to other bands I'll be in in the future and, and play with. This one especially it's like this Eve Six thing is really an extension of their songwriting and so I want to honor what they want basically.
1: But you know yeah. I mean you're you're a testament to that be, being a great drummer or musician is not about being the best it's about fitting in how you need to fit in as a group because you could easily just be like no no this is how I'm the drummer this is how Mm -hmm. the drum part needs to go but if it doesn't if it doesn't work well with others I mean then that's a quick that's a quick boot out of a band I mean and that's clearly why you got invited to be in the band is because they knew that that was the type of guy you were and you just you wanted what was best for the whole, not just for your drum part. And I think that's, that's such an important
0: lesson for all musicians. Well, and our bank account, you know, right. um, <laughs> the less fills you play, the more money you make. Um, so dude, uh, I'm going to be rich then, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, let's just, uh, say, I hope I am someday, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just, yeah. Phil's just getting in the way. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that sentiment, 100%. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> that's good. <We> agree, <laughs> there was something man. I was going to say, and then my mind went blank because I was thinking about fills. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking about that fill that you can't practice today because exactly, you don't yeah, have your yeah. kit. Um, no, I, I, oh, I was, I was going to maybe tie it into the big fat five, but that's kind of what I get off on lately is just choices as opposed to skill level. You know, I've never really been... A, a, a Vinnie Caliuta, uh, Dave Weckl um, guy. I've always been a groove guy. And, and and I did grow up with a bunch of Travis Barker influences that while I still love Travis so much and his showmanship is such a big part of, if you see me live, I, I incorporate that, the visuals. But um, sometimes I wish there was like that Men in Black little pen where you could be like... Or maybe just for like a studio session. Like I want to delete all my instincts from (laughs) 2001 to 2006. Boom. Now what would you do, you know? (laughs) But you can't do that, unfortunately. Nah. But yeah. So besides that little section of my life, which was just overplay, overplay, because all, you know, the songs I listened to are just four power chords. That's what it was. I grew up on my dad's construction site and it was all just, you know, whether I realized it or not, my favorite drummers growing up were Jim Keltner. James Gore or Jim Gordon, James Gadson, Steve Gadd, of course Ringo and all that stuff. But like these drummers that were just on Hal Blaine, those guys just held it down, but then knew when to have these rhythmic hooks. But yeah.
1: Well, I mean, before we move out of that, we got some great stuff to talk about. What What was twenty twenty like for for the band Eve Six? And and are, are there gigs coming through? Are we starting to see some sort of
0: a light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, I mean. Eve 6 is uh, 2020 was a lot of uh, canceling. <laughs> we had a seven week tour that was going to start in February. Then it got pushed back to April. Then it could p- push back to July. Then it pushed back to, you know, 10 to question mark, you know, about the party thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it'll it'll happen next February or, you know, something. We have a whole nationwide tour. Plus, I mean, it, every summer is just no- nothing but fly dates almost every other weekend. And then we were possibly going to Europe in October of 2020. So all that got pushed aside. We were going to release the record that is now coming out. The EP you referred to was actually recorded quite a while ago and was going to be released with said uh, nationwide tour. So that got pushed back. But the cool thing is that, um, and I'm not sure if I should talk about this or not, but we actually do, we kind of wrote a whole nother full length record that I will be going and recording uh, all the drums to pretty soon here. So we're, We were pretty prolific when it comes to songwriting, um, just not with playing shows. Right. And uh, Max, the lead singer, has a bunch of side projects, uh, Chevy Mustang, which is a fun thing he's been doing. Um, It's like this alter ego that was created on a fitness and Congos tour, weirdly enough, in the front lounge, just rapper, creator... (laughs) guy uh (laughs) i was doing such a a disservice to what chevy mustang is but if you guys are a fan of eve six and kind of max's wordplay because he's an amazing lyricist totally you guys will appreciate um chevy mustang um and then john the the other guy um manages a band called cannons they're like a dream pop um band and they were picked up by by columbia in 2020 so they and they have a number one hit on the radio with fire for you and So as a manager, John's just killing it with Canons, and they're doing a great job. And um, I actually also occasionally play live with Canons as well. Cool. And uh, But yeah, me, I've just been working. I mean, so basically, Eve 6 has been... We've been doing a lot of things outside of the band just to keep ourselves busy. But uh, yeah, we do have... I can't announce them yet, but we do have some shows in the summer that we're going to announce pretty soon. And we have a live stream, actually. Let me see. It was just announced today... The live stream is going to happen on April 22nd.
1: Nice. Did you pre-record that or is that going to be like legit live?
0: We haven't recorded it yet. It will not be live just for logistics because we don't want people to pay and then have like
1: Uh, the the thing go down. (laughs) That's what we said.
0: But I will say there will be like no overdubbing, no any kind of redoing anything. Uh, We just like to walk on and and play it. We don't really rehearse that much. So if anything, listen to the live stream just for... um, the chaos that could ensue. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> it will there be authentically sure. us. I'll tell you what. <laughs> that that's
1: what people want, and they
0: want to just see it like it's normally happening. Yes, exactly. Well, that's that's the way we do things. So, um, but yeah, uh, we're still just keeping strong. And like I said, I mean, we have a lot going on and um, a lot to come in the future. So, uh, it, it, it it was kind of a pseudo pause on twenty, but right. I think the band still grew a lot uh, outside of the band. So.
1: Well, there's a there's a most of our listeners will know about this. We have this amusement park in in Des Moines, Iowa called Adventureland. Okay. And they started like 6 years ago doing this insane Oktoberfest where their idea was to open the park to adults only, have stages all around the park with a lot of local acts, but then they would bring in that big time name from like the 90s, 2000s that everybody loved but have now grown up a little bit, uh, you know, sure. there was like gin blossoms, spin doctors that, that Hanson was one of them. But I dude, I've always said, even before I've, I've talked to you for years, I've said that Eve six would be an absolute perfect, perfect band for that Octoberfest. So hopefully, hopefully someday down the road, man, you guys will get hooked up with that or, or get talking to the right people.
0: Well, hey, I mean, uh, text me the uh, the information. I'll have our manager reach out. I mean, that that sounds like what the the names you just said: Gin Blossoms, um, uh, Spin Doctor, or Gin Blossom. Yeah. Is it Blossom or Blossoms? I think
1: it. I think it's plural. Gin Blossoms.
0: Gin Blossoms, Spin Doctors, the Everclear's. I mean, those yeah, are all the rolodex horizon. of all the festivals we play. It's like, oh hey, Art. Hey, what's up? Oh, what's up? What's guys? up? What's up? Like, hey, how yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know. Um, uh, Blind Melon, all those bands are just in the rolodex. Of like, we need a '90s bands. So, oh, let's get that one. You know, well, but, it, it's funny because uh, so it,
1: fun. it really moves the meter on on a lot of people. Though, I mean that that band that you just know and love, and maybe you never had a chance to see because you were younger or something. It's something about those bands just really drive crowds, especially when it's just adults only and we're drinking and
0: it's Oktoberfest. So nostalgia gonna, sells for
1: sure. It does, man. I'm, I'm going to send you the link to
0: that because I'd, I'd love to share the stage with you guys at that one. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, speaking of like nostalgia and stuff, like I don't get this because I'm not an original member of the band, but I've always been curious on how people, pardon me, uh, react with when fans come up to Max and jo- I guess I should just ask them. I always wonder, I can just go, hi friend next to me in the tour bus um but like when when people come up to you because they're still young i mean they they saw i mean the guy singing inside out is like a 17 year old kid so max is only he's still a very young guy but i mean you have people coming up like hey i used to love your band growing up and they mean it in the nicest way but oh. you're like so you hate us now or what you're saying i'm 90 or it's it's fun uh yeah that's so. I didn't I didn't think about that because I'm sure I've probably said that at some point in
1: full oh, I'm well sure. meaning. I still do, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I do love you. I meant just when that album came out, I really loved yeah, you. Yeah, you should start off in addition to now <laughs> underline. I loved you growing up. I bought your most recent album and I love that as well. Exactly. But however, yes, yes, it's
0: different, <laughs> but yeah.
1: <laughs> so so touching a little bit on 2020, I think most most musicians used it as a, as a pause, but at the same time we're demanding that creative outlet that, that, that you were so used to that you don't have anymore. Is that, is that where the Big Fat Five podcast really kind of filled a void for
0: you in 2020? It happened to, yeah. So originally, the Big Fat Five was just called the Big Fat Snare Drum podcast because I work for Big Fat Snare Drum. And Tell, tell me about Big Fat Snare Drum before you get into that because I don't think
1: many people know about that company.
0: Yeah, so big fat snare drum is essentially there's an old studio trick where you would take an old, uh, you know, a snare drum head. Usually it's a snare drum, and you just turn it upside down or or cut it out and just place it on a snare drum, and just adding that extra bit of weight and mass just went or made a snare go from like ping to bouge. Like I, a, I think just of,
1: did that in in our last studio session. The
0: exact same thing. It's yeah, and so it's think of like rumors by by you know Fleetwood Mac, just that super dead big fat snare drum sound. And so that's what the company is. Chris just basically made a version that the thing that I just described will maybe last a session or two. And since there's no weight on the outside, it starts to bow up and then you get the dents, and it's just not made for longevity, but Chris made and patented, Chris Mazarisi, the owner and founder of big fat snare drum made and patented this thing that lasts for years with a thumb cut out with like a vinyl ring on the outside. It's just durable and so that's what it is. It's the the company is like a removable accessory for drums, and now we've we've, we've expanded to I think we have like eighty SKUs now or eighty different products, and yeah. So so Chris, a, a quick story of how I got linked up with with Chris, which again we'll get into the Big Fat Five podcast. But um, so I mentioned earlier that when Eve Six got back together because they broke up after their first three records to figure some stuff out. When they got back together, as I said, John was still working on other projects because when they broke up, they didn't just stop doing music. John was like, well, I'm going to do this now. So they came back together. John didn't come back. Just the two of the... uh, Max and Tony, the original drummer, did. And so they needed a guitarist. And so a guy named Matt Coma, who is an amazing songwriter, uh, can't say enough good things about Matt and his musicianship, but he filled in the void for a few years until John came back. And Matt's brother is Chris. And so even after John came back in the band, Matt and Chris, they all just remained close. Cause it wasn't like a bad thing that Matt came back and John didn't, John couldn't come back because he had obligations. So when he, when Matt left and John came back, it was still this beautiful thing. Everyone's really close. And so when I was playing with fitness, which again is, is Max from Eve Six's side project with me and Kenny Carkeet from AWOL nation, ex AWOL nation, um, Chris came and it, we just, you know, started talking drums and we just became best friends in like three minutes. And I was a user of the product and it was right about the time that Eve Six was getting, you know, when I joined Eve Six, it wasn't super busy. You know, we're not on tour 12 months out of the year. And so I still had a few side hustles. And at that point I was like, okay, Eve Six is to the point where I need to just focus on that. But I could also use some extra money if we're not going on tour for two months, that'd be nice. And so I was just talking to Chris and It was more so like a networking thing. I was just trying to meet more drummers and then see where that went. And so I was like, hey, if you ever need any help, you know, like I'm I'm from LA, he lives in Boston, but if you ever need anything, man, just hit me up. And then two weeks later, he's like, dude, how about you work for me? (laughs) You know, here's a salary for blank, blank, blank. And I was like, that sounds nice. And that's now, it's been three years. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah. And so it was basically just to the point where we were trying to figure out how to be, you know, really efficient at what I'm doing. And so I was like, well, we have this salary that we agreed I'd work this many hours a week. Um, and how about just to make it, you know, meet that, um, how about we do a podcast and I'll, I'll spend some time on that every week and just start to grow that. And then, you know, that listenership will then, you know, be just as good as our newsletter and have, I can just say one thing and then have tons of people hear it, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, yeah, just figure it out. And so I was like, okay, I had no idea what it was going to be. It was just called the Big Fat Snare Drum Podcast. And if people listen to the podcast, it's basically, I don't know, the first 25 episodes are me just like, hey, here's a topic. <laughs> hey, you know. And then I was really like, I'm so obsessed with learning about people's influences. Like I I love studying my heroes but it's almost better. It's always been my ethos that don't like figure out what your heroes listened to. That's the better way to go about it because then you funnel the same things they digested, but through your own funnel of your other drummers. And so you'll end up being like your hero, but not in the way that you initially would have done if you just looked at them and tried to copy them, you know, like that hi-hat variation that they do, they got from another variation that they saw from someone else. And then you can do your own thing. And so It basically became the podcast was this funnel of me just something that that I'd want to do even if there was no no recording set up. It was just talking to my heroes like, what did you listen to? And then I was, you know, I assumed other people might want to listen to that. So that's what Big Five is.
1: Those are the podcasts that make the most sense to people and that the that people return to is because you don't want to hear necessarily this kind of like scripted out thing. Like you just. I, wanted, I want to pretend like I'm sitting in the room with you and, and I'm listening to what you guys are just saying off the cuff. And that's why I think that that podcast is so great. I, I only found out about it, what, two, three weeks ago or something like that. But I've been trying to go back and 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 just, just check it out. But before any of our guitar friends or bass friends tune out, it, I mean, it is a podcast about drummers, kind of for drummers. But at the same time, I have a guitar friend who... Absolutely loves the podcast, and and I think he's he's right in thinking that because it it doesn't matter what instrument we're talking about, it's still a musician talking about their craft and talking about how it how they look at it and how they approach it. So I would listen to a podcast just about guitarists. I, I mean, sure. I I think I think whether you're a drummer or not, you should definitely listen to this podcast because it's got some some really awesome content, some great interviews. Um,
0: I, I've been really enjoying it. Oh, well, that means, that means a lot to me, man, really. And I, it's the cool thing about the podcast is at first I had this whole, you know, the first few outreach emails and DMs I did to people was like, talk about a specific moment in a song and then how that blah, blah, blah. And then people started to ask me like, Hey, can I just talk about this overall thing or this overall thing? And I was like, yeah, as long as, you know, I'm not going to be like, no.
1: And so it's <laughs> kind of
0: morphed into less drummy stuff and just overall vibes, which is, right. A brings out better conversations as opposed to like, see, on the end of three, he does this open hi-hat thing, and I wouldn't do that normally, you know. And so so there it now it's become this more just how do you translate to they just talk about songs that quote unquote work for them and why they work. And a lot of times, um, like Adam Willard from oh gosh, Against Me, Angels and Airwaves, Rocket from the Crypt was just talking about Elvis Costello and Oingo Boingo Oingo Boingo. And just about how just he's like, everything just falls into place. And we had, we went on tangents about that. So yeah, it's, it's actually made me want to start getting more songwriters on the show because I think that from an educational standpoint to a drummer, I think that they could actually benefit more from like, Hey, I'm songwriter A, here are the top five, my favorite drum records or my favorite records on what works you know, and why you like that? Why does Tim Pagnotta, who is an amazing producer, why does he choose this record? Why do the drums sound good on that? So it's actually better <laughs> to have a non-drummer talk about it.
1: You know, that, that's super important stuff. It's it's nice to know what a producer thinks, what a drummer thinks, what a vocalist thinks, and and how they view the drums as opposed to just how we listen to it and view it. Totally. What what were some of your favorite
0: uh, episodes and guests that you had so far? Let's see. Um, well. I will say Adam Willard was a huge one for me. It's the most recent one because... That was a uh, great one. I, thank you. I I didn't realize, I mean, before I have any guests on, I always kind of go down a rabbit hole of, of their playing, like just a few days before. Um, just not that I don't know them already, but just so I can have a little bit of a refresher. And I was like, oh my God, I still I steal that from him all, all the time. Oh, and that, and that, <laughs> fuck, and that, and that. You know, that one, yep. Yeah, uh-huh. and exactly. It was just embarrassing. I was like, geez, every song he's on, I've done. And so it was. that was cool. Um, let's see, Liberty DeVito was great. He was the drummer for Billy Joel, or was the drummer for Billy Joel. Wow. Like he's on 22 of Billy Joel's 23 number one hits. Decent. Um, he's Yeah, he did all right. <laughs> and um let's see, Mike Dawson, who's the um who's the managing editor of Modern Drummer magazine. Oh, was cool. Was big for me because one of my favorite drumming podcasts was the Modern Drummer podcast with with Mike Dawson and Mike uh, and Mike Johnston from Mike'sLessons.com. And that was one of those every Friday I'd listen to it. It was just like the most drummery drummer talk show. so geeky, but uh, they were a part of my life every, every week. And so getting to know him and now my, I would actually consider Mike Dawson, a friend of mine. Um, we, we, we chat quite a bit about stupid stuff. So it's, it's, it's been fun. Um, let's see, I'll give you one more. Um, Brody Simpson, who is, if you guys don't know online, it's just Brody Simpson drums, uh, Instagram, that's his handle. And he's just, he's just one of the best drummers out there right now. It's insane. Because he does kind of like Jay Dilla style beats, which I know we all do. And a lot of drummers, it's kind of like an overdone thing these days, but Brody does it right. And he does it <laughs> very well. Um, and he's just, he's, he's from New Zealand. And so just listening to him is fun. Right. He has all these cool little sayings and his, he's so <laughs> intelligent. He knows how to articulate things really well. And it's funny. I was doing this best of 2020 parts one and two uh, at the turn of the year because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to have guests on during Christmas time. No one's going to make time right. for that. So I just was going through all these episodes and I was like, I would just, I would just replay Brody's episode in its entirety as just the best of 2020. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, I tried to pull all these little sections from them and I was like, I'm pulling so much more than I'm like editing out. Just go so, listen to the episode. <laughs> if anyone wants to listen to Big Fat Five, I would say go listen to Brody Simpson's episode. Um, that's probably my favorite. Uh, yeah. So
1: awesome. It's did you, maybe that was you talking about some of those moments. You have kind of that Chris Farley Saturday night live oh vibe God. where you're <laughs> every time you're talking to some of these legends,
0: right? Well, I, and it's, it's fun. Yes. And I still do. Like I'm, I'm talking to, I'm assuming it'll be out by the time this airs as well, but I'm talking to Ash zone tomorrow, which is um, just one of the great, he's like the go-to session guy in the UK. And he's just, He's insane. If you guys don't know him, just Ash Zone, uh last name, S-O-A-N, A-S-H is his first name, Ash Zone, um, on Instagram. He's just an amazing drummer. He's so tasteful. And I, I'm interviewing him tomorrow. But it, it's nice because I can always know that at the end of the day, if I blank on what to say or get nervous, talking drums is so easy to me. I can always do it with anyone. Um, you know. And so while I do have those Chris Farley moments, I always have the... <laughs> the back burner of like, yeah, Ben, but you're talking drums. You got this, you know? (laughs) Right. But I'm, I'm always a fan. I mean, I try and there are some podcast hosts that just try and be cool and just try and, you know, like, oh, if, if someone says something and the other, and you can tell the podcast host might not know it, they go, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. But for me, I'm like, I have no idea who that is. You know, I'm just a fan of drums. I don't care if I come across as a, as a, as a dork or someone who doesn't know something, I don't care. Usually if, if if I don't know it, that probably means someone listening doesn't know it. Correct. And I'd rather have that person's question answered mm-hmm. than have the four people that go, Oh, cool, he also knows that. Moving on. Well, you know. And
1: let's be let's face it, you're talk you're talking about this person is talking about something they're passionate about and then you're saying, Tell me more about something you're passionate about. And they're like, Well, I will gladly tell you more exactly. about this. Yeah, it's yeah. so easy. I
0: only say his name. I never describe him or her. <laughs> um yeah, geez, all right, dude. But yeah. I I Oh, I really dug, uh,
1: I've been trying to get through them. You know, it's, it's, you got a big catalog. I think you have over, I counted over 60 episodes starting back in 2019, but I, I, I am an unbelievably huge fan of Tucker rule. So that was my first from Thursday. That was my very first one. I was scrolling. I went, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. That's Mm. the one. That's the the one I'm going to listen to that. That was a great
0: interview. I am a fan of Tucker as a player, obviously, but more of a human. He's such a good dude he seems so nice He he's just yeah he's just I mean I don't want to like discredit him You're like oh he's such a nice guy because he plays for Thursday such a badass drummer and he has he's tatted up and he's such a cool looking dude too but it's like he's also a sweetheart I'm sorry Tucker I I, I, I outed you yet again so
1: I think that whole band is probably like that, though. They
0: they just give off that vibe of just being just, oh, yeah, genuine dudes. Come on down. Let's chat. Well, they've been together. I mean, I know they took a break, but like for the most part, it's been like the guys. I mean, they're still really close with each other. So they have to be good people to be that close to each other and still not want to kill each other, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it was... I mean, when did that... I mean, Full Class came out in what, like, ninety-nine or two thousand one or something like that. And they had an album before that. So I mean they've been they've been grinding
0: for a long time in the same yeah. lineup and that, that tells you a lot. Yeah, no, he's uh his parts are so insane too. Like he doesn't really I mean he plays the song. It's kinda like uh, I'm not as much of a Brendan Canty fan to really have a big foundation to stand on, so I don't really listen to a lot of Fugazi. But Tucker kind of has that. He's doing a lot of stuff, but it doesn't get in the way. Similar to Brandon uh, uh, or, or Brendan Canty, I want to say. But it's either Brendan Canty, the drummer for Fugazi. Okay, so I'm guy. trying to freaking say. Um, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of you know because I know I know they both have kind of that DC hardcore vibe going on. So um, yeah, he's he's a great drummer. Uh, I don't know why I didn't mention that. As one of the best ones, because I've actually had a lot of people talk about the, the kind of the last quarter of that episode, where we just talk about creativity and insecurities and stuff. And um, a lot of people have pointed out that that was a huge, uh, a big uh, conversation for them to listen to. So that's another episode that I'm really proud of.
1: Nice man. Well, I, I anybody listening? I mean, kind of like I told you, I'm I'm doing less and less of these podcasts here on our Iowa music scene podcast, but I'm trying to push people towards uh, the the podcasts that they need to continue to listen to that are going to come out more regularly than than mine. So, I, I mean, Big Fat Five podcast is is definitely something that whether you're a drummer or not, you should check this out and, and go back through the catalog and and subscribe and, and wait for more. Because I, I know you got a bunch of big ones coming down the tube, man. Yes, I do. I'm very excited. Cool. Well, I, you know, I don't want to keep you. I, I just really appreciate that you took some time to to join me in chat. So anything you really want to plug on our way out, man? No,
0: I mean, just, yeah, search for Big Fat Five. Uh, follow Big Fat Snare Drum uh, and follow Eve Six. Yeah. And Max has, has been live having a lot ticket. of fun on Twitter these days. So you can follow Eve Six on Twitter as well. He's kind of a <laughs> polarizing figure these days, but he, it's, nice. it's it's all in good fun, and yeah, uh, check out the live stream uh, with Eve Six on April twenty second. Uh, I don't know the information on how to get the tickets, but I'm sure if you go to Eve Six or you know search Eve Six on Instagram or whatever, I'm sure there'll be a plethora sure of links available. There's
1: a thing called Google where if you type things into it, it tells you everything you need to know. It's, it's magical.
0: Yes. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that? No, well, I've I've heard of I heard of Bing. Um, oh yeah, yeah, And then uh, ask Jeeves, but I think I think Google's <laughs> going to catch on. Yeah, I mean it's kind I of a weird so, name, right? but yeah. <laughs> well, well, again, this is Ben Hel- Ben Hilsinger. Yes, Hilt Hiltzinger You got to kind of <laughs> lift up your sh- your shoulders when you say it, Hiltzinger.
1: Yeah, and this is episode number fifty four. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you being here, Ben. Dude, thanks for having
0: me, as always.